0: Hello and welcome to Politics War Room with James Carville and I'm Al Hunt. Thanks for joining us. Uh, this week we're going to have a fascinating discussion about a range of issues, some even controversial. And remember, we take your questions each episode. So write to Room at gmail.com or send a tweet to at for next week's show. We'll get to as many as we can and don't forget to tell us where you're from. Please check out the links to our recent sponsors in the show notes. We thank you for supporting these sponsors. It helps to make this podcast happen. Please tell your friends about us and remind them to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey James, there are a bunch of big stories to discuss. Infrastructure, some national security issues, but we have to start. With Congressman Matt Getz, the right wing <laughs> loudmouth Trump acolyte who was under investigation by the Justice Department for transporting an underage woman across state lines for sexual purposes. Now it's bad enough you're under investigation. Getz for, of course, he denies that that's the M.O. they all have uh, and says it's the left-wing out to get him. Then he goes on the Tucker Carlson show, uh, at which point he talks about, well, Tucker, let's, you know, how about the time you were falsely charged with sexual abuse and, you know, you went out with me and my girlfriend one time... Right. Carlson does remember that, but then the best of all, he says, you know, not only was the left wing out to get him, but maybe they were out to get him because he always was so generous to his former girlfriends, paying for their plane tickets and hotel rooms. How unappreciative can they be, James?
1: Well, The first thing is, when you heard this, it was eminently believable. He looks like a perv. Yeah, I mean, it's just not these guys. You say, "Oh, I wouldn't believe that about him." I mean, that guy looks. I me mean, from day one, I said, "That's something wrong with that dude." He, that boy, ain't right? And it just it it is so funny in so many ways. I hope nobody got hurt in any of this because I don't want to laugh at something. where like yeah. you know, somebody's a real victim. But as of right now, it's just it's hilarious. Now, where where is it going to go in? What's the implications for other people who may be tied up in this? I I have no idea uh, where Roger Stone fits into this or where other people may or may not fit into it. One can only speculate and wait uh, as as the evidence uh, continues to grow. And it looks like the government is opening uh, an investigation here. And when they open an investigation, people start talking. People's subpoena records and so we're not sure exactly where this is going but uh, I, I, something tells me we're in a second inning here
0: yeah and let's uh, not forget this investigation was opened when William Barr was Attorney General so the idea that it's a bunch of left-wingers out to get poor Matt Getz uh, is uh, is absurd and I don't I'm not alleging that other members of uh, of the Republican caucus Engaged in what he's accused of, but you know he is a—he really is a loudmouth, uh, uh, right-wing troublemaker who says all kinds and does all kinds of bad things. But James, he's not an outlier in that Republican Party now.
1: No, no, I think he's—you know—got a good, good part of that that caucus that that is with him, and it's just where it is. I, I look. I've talked about this before. I think the biggest 24 hours in American politics was 8 o'clock January the 5th to 8 o'clock January the 6th. I think that changed the whole thing. And I think the, I think the Republican Party is totally flat-footed now. They don't have any game. They're, they're, they're passing stuff. They don't have talking points. It's just amazing. to And it's all cancel culture, borders falling apart, and Biden's now. You don't have to watch Fox. I do. That's all it is all the time. They don't really have a legislative strategy. They don't have an alternative plan. They don't have anything. They're they're just like they're like Lincoln said of Rosecrans after Chickamauga. He look like a duck that'd been hit on the head. I mean that the whole Republican Party looks like a duck that's been hit on the head.
0: January 5th was, of course, the Georgia election, where those two Democrats were elected, and then January 6th was the mob assault in the Capitol. So I think you're right, those 24 hours were were, were seminal, uh, and they haven't recovered you know, since then. But, you know, the the M.O., just just sticking with guests for a minute, and we ought to get off it quickly, I know. But uh, but the who M.O. Wants to,
1: why, why do we need to
0: get off of it? It's fine. What the
1: hell? Like, I, let me tell you, our audience, they don't want us to get off of it. Yeah, let's go
0: of with it. it. <laughs> let's go. The M.O., though, is so familiar. You go and you deny, and you deny, and you deny. You're hearing this, Mr. Trump, and then you go and you say, it's the left wing out to get me. It's the enemies. It's the deep state out to get me. And, you know, guests did it. But I'll tell you who else did it, which still just absolutely You know infuriates me Jim Jordan the other right winger He was the assistant wrestling coach at Ohio State when there was massive sexual abuse of athletes. That's been well documented Uh, Six wrestlers said that he knew about it not that he did it But he knew about it and he enabled it Uh, and yet so far Nothing happens to him because all they do is they lie and they deny now I don't think Matt gets gonna be able to get away with that because when the Department of Justice and the FBI comes after you uh, You know lying and denying is a lot harder
1: yeah, in in uh, the, the the Jim Jordan thing is anybody know knew ahead of time? Wrestling team. Everybody knows everything, right? And and, and it's ludicrous. I I wonder in in the Mad Getz thing they haven't said anything. I, I wonder if there's not a significant part of the Republican Party. I don't know this, but I wonder if there's not a significant part of the Republican Party that is not all that upset about children. You know being involved in this uh, young people i don't know but they sure don't seem to be very very outraged by any of this i mean yeah i, I don't, don't know i don't know any either
0: but uh, i would you know, kind uh, of
1: roy moore you know yeah i i, I don't know if it was, it was, was roy moore an outlier probably so but it sure does seem a lot of this stuff cropping out cropping up around us you know we forget Denny Hassett, we act like Denny Hassett never left. He's the longest-serving Republican speaker in history. And somehow or another, we worried about the emails, okay? We don't mention Denny Hassett. Well, in penitentiary, you know, for molesting children, you know? And I, I didn't remember anybody in, in the Republican body being particularly outraged by this. They just let old, old Denny's gone. And we just never talk about it. And, and by the way, the Democrats never talk about it. Uh, but it's, we, because we we'll, we'll, we'll think we're collapsing at the border or something like that, which we're definitely not. But I don't know. It, well, it, 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 one of the great mysteries of this earth is one Dennis Hassett, coach. Yeah, he
0: is, he is, but let's not, he wasn't con- convicted in a court of anything, but let's not forget Newt Gingrich. I think he, he pled guilty, didn't he? He was the only speaker, yeah, he was the only speaker, he did, he copped the police, but he was the only speaker to be sanctioned by the House of Representatives. Uh, he engaged in all kinds of bad, ac- but you know something, there he is all over Fox, uh, he was a thoroughly discredited man so uh, this is a this is a long tradition, whatever the particular offense uh,
1: i it, it is in in and again he was very outraged by everything of course we 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 know what happened there um I'm just saying that it seems some you know that they, they're great with the issue if there's somebody else involved in in you know with another adult they're outraged if it's them involved with somebody in a inferior position then they, they lose the outrage they do. Um, all right, I'm going to get
0: you upset because we'll shift from Matt. Get so I know we can go on for a while. I, agree, yes, I, I, agree, yes. I, I apologize. I apologize. We can come back to Matt though uh, uh, uh. next week and weeks from now. Uh, the Biden infrastructure plan—he's again—he's going big. He's going bold. Uh, I think that's smart. This is really much needed stuff. Whether it's roads, bridges, or broadband, or some other stuff, he's doing for schools. Uh, this is gonna to be tougher the he's not gonna get any Republican cooperation that's pipe dream and they're gonna to try to do it through another reconciliation a lot of it's necessary but but it's gonna be a tougher slog than the um, uh, than the COVID relief bill that was passed this uh, this month
1: you know I, I, I you're 85 I think you're 85% right about the Republicans but some people got them sitting there in Susan Collins been saying, you know, if I could, on this, I could probably get anything I wanted in Maine. You know what I mean? Somebody's got to be there. It's got to be some temptation to say, okay, so we did it in 2010, it worked. We did it in 1994, it worked. I'm not sure, given the 24 hours in early January that we talked about, that this is a comparable situation to '94 in 2010. And by... Doing nothing, and by the scorched earth, they, they they're gonna shatter treasure, all the treasures that you get with a scorched earth policy. But somebody's gonna be tempted to say, you know, I'll go in there, and I got I got five things I'll do it. I might be able to do something. We we just it's just some possibility that exists in the back of their mind because being in the Senate now is not any fun. There's nothing to pass around, and you know, two and a half trillion dollars is a lot of infrastructure. There's a lot of stuff could be done in Maine. Sure, there's a lot of stuff could be done in Pennsylvania. Would send it to Toomey on the way out. There's a lot of stuff could be undone in Ohio. Would send it to Portman on the way out. Let's see what happens. Let's just let this ferment a little while. Well,
0: I hope you're right, but I think I'm probably closer to 95 percent. Not because of the merits, but because they they are afraid of being attacked. They are cowards. They've shown that throughout. I mean, there may be a couple. Uh, 20 years ago, I think it would have happened. I mean, hey, there's a deal to be made here but there's that problem and the second problem is what Biden's trying to do is, is is I think essentially responsible he wants to have a large part of it paid for not all of it but a large part that's tax increases they are necessary taking the corporate tax rate from 21 to 28% you know ain't socialism we had a 35% rate for years and did okay i think james that you should pay higher taxes i should or my wife at least should pay higher taxes yeah. there ought to be a Capital gains taxes ought to be treated the same as ordinary income. <laughs> the estate tax is one of the great loopholes to let the heirs of uh, rich people escape taxation. But you know what? I don't think a single Republican is going to buy off on that. You know,
1: how to? first of all, I've got a $400,000 exemption. <laughs> yeah. Secondly, my prime earning years are, are behind me anyway, so it's, <laughs> I was lucky I didn't have <laughs> have this thing, and, you know, I had a pretty high tax rate. And, 1998 or 2008. So, but, yeah, and look, this was coming. Uh, You know, the way the tax code was structured, it needed to be changed. I think it's going to be. I I don't think anybody's going to be that upset with it. I'm kind of, and again, I'm amazed at how little pushback that the right has on this, that the Republicans do. That they're against it, but they're not sure even why they're against it. And there's no concerted effort they look they just look confused to me
0: well they are confused i think the tax issue will galvanize them unfortunately because they're wrong one more thing uh james and that is that we are two happily married men but we fell in love this week we fell in love with the gonzaga basketball team <laughs> i mean i i gotta tell you i i'm cheering for the zags this weekend they may be the favorite in the final four but the reason it's final four with no big 10 no acc no big east no southeast conference but the reason i love the zags is because they're wonderful to watch they're they're tough but they're poetry in motion
1: uh, they're just good shit <laughs> you don't see something like this come along you know this is a oh. hell comic car there I, I you know normally i pull for upset i don't with no Gonzaga? Gonzaga fell on me uh, but it, it's a it's kind of weird uh, you know and of course that they'll uh, when did they play do they play Baylor if but uh, then two different semifinal games
0: no I think they play UCLA on Saturday UCLA and then Baylor. And it, and and, and the, you the know
1: when, when we were growing up the Notre Dame Baylor I mean it was you know Catholics and, and I don't I, there would be very little Gonzaga Baylor game There'll be very little Catholic versus Baptist coverage. It's just how how things have evolved over the years of us watching sports. Uh, uh, that will have very, that'll have very little to do with people's loyalties.
0: Uh, well, if, James, don't you think that's true of society in general? I mean, you and, never hear of Joe Biden being the second Catholic president. Oh, you no, do occasionally, and, but really... Know we got somebody
1: accepted, and coming up on the show that knows something about that. Mm, that's you true. <laughs> He's a, kind of, a, I, I guess you would call us an expert on that kind of issue. Uh, no, and, and I, I, I kind of pulling for them to win every game by 20. Just if you're going to do it, damn it, do it. I, I, I don't want a buzzer beater. In the, if it's a buzzer beater, I want Baylor to win. All right? I either want Baylor to win with a buzzer beater or Gonzaga to win by 20.
0: I'm with the Zags all the way. They first got to get by UCLA. Nobody thought the Bruins were getting back, but uh, I don't think they can take on the Zags. Anyway, uh,
1: we'll all watch it next Saturday and Monday. So, Albert, I was reading a, a time post-obit on Gordon Liddy, and, like... Oh, my God, this guy had some kind of life. I mean, you've you been you there a long time with him. Let's talk about, a little bit about Gordon Liddy. I mean, he's quite a character, to say the least. He
0: was crazy in a real character sense. You know, back in Watergate, he was one of the real perpetrators. He was one of the two people who decided to break into Daniel Ellsberg's psychiatrist's office, which set everything else in motion. He directed the, the burglary at the Watergate. But the interesting thing about, about, about Liddy, all of them, when they got caught... They basically knew the game was up and most of them plea bargained or they tried to somehow uh you know revive their reputations not liddy liddy said i'm going to jail i ain't telling you a thing uh and it was in keeping with him he's a guy who you know you know one time put his hand in the fire to show how tough he was he said when he was a teenager one of the open said he was afraid of rats so he decided to cure that he'd eat one uh he he was and he was an extraordinary character crazy uh, and a perfect fit for that Nixon group.
1: Yeah, he was. And you know what? He, but he had his head real longevity. Boy, he lived to be ninety. Yeah. And he was relevant. You know, he had a little radio show. He yeah. wasn't relevant so much in our world, but you know, he was a memorable character. I mean, he had real staying power. Somebody's right going to yeah. make a movie about this guy. I promise. Yeah. He's he's too crazy, and they, they, everybody knew he was crazy. No one knew to, to do with him. <laughs> mm.
0: He was. Uh, he was. He was perfect for that group. Uh, he was, you know, he was at that hotel across the street from the Watergate and they had a walkie talkie and then they suddenly realized that there were cops who had taken him and they kind of said, holy shit, let's get out of here. And he came home. You know, I, I read this. I didn't remember this at the time. Yeah, yeah. And he got home light, late and his wife said, what happened? He said there were cops and I'm probably going to jail.
1: You know, he he wasn't a terribly bright man, but he, he, he was he lived on the edge. It just goes to show you. You don't have to have a high IQ to to go somewhere. Well. Wasn't he in the FBI at one time too? I mean it just everything.
0: Yeah, he was a prosecutor, he was, uh but uh, anyway, he was something. James now to one of our favorite segments the question and answers from those very very smart listeners out there first one is from Stacy in St. Louis but it's very similar to one that Rick in Montreal asked it's about gun violence Uh, she said James if you were president right now uh, and 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 you would be younger than the president we have right now so it would be the youth movement but if you were what would be your first action to address mass shootings and what would be the path that you'd like to see Congress
1: follow or could follow you know, I, I mean, if you did something like you did, strict and background checks, of course, that would be a good idea. It'd be a sane idea. It, it, there's 300 million guns in the United States. I hate to say this, but I think the cat's out of the bag. And there's no way that you're going to get those 300 million guns back. I, I, I guess what the stricter background check would do is maybe there was a spur to moment case where somebody. You know got angry and i wanted to go buy a gun and they were able to do it and then went out and shot somebody but i don't know how much of i i would certainly do it uh, how good i'd feel about really it really addressing this problem i don't know and i i i I just don't know what's wrong with people I, it's just something deeper and It's just these things, it seems to me, like increase. I mean, we've always had I remember the guy at the University of Texas, Tyler Charles Whitman. But these just seem to me to be happening all the time. And of course they happen with guns because guns do kill people, but the, the... person behind the gun is really 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 messed up here and I don't know the answer to it I'm just well James you're you're
0: right we have these awful mass shootings but you know there's a lot of other uh, gun suicides there was a story that just I I cried literally when I read the story in the New York Times the other day about this family down in I think it was Florida and uh, he kept a he kept a gun Uh, he he wasn't he didn't doing bad with it and his 14 year old son who they thought was you know perfectly fine went up one day and knew where the gun was and went in the lock, and went in the, uh, opened the lock and pulled it out and killed himself. And there's a it, lot of gun suicide. And,
1: in and, 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 you know, if that gun wouldn't have been available to that child, he, there's a good chance he would have thought the better of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, I, they,
1: it's, when, when that option, you know, if you get into, you know, real kids and people say, oh, you like what you're looking at, you know, and fight over a girl right. and somebody decided to bring a knife and then when somebody decided to bring a gun, right. if, the, if that's your default position, it's not going to end well. And mm. that's the default position too many times and too many incidences in this country and too many places. Mm. And we're just going to pay for a long time for lax gun policy, which I don't really think has anything to do with the second amendment. But that's nothing be. at all.
0: Nothing at all. Uh, the next question is from Cody in Denver, Colorado. He said uh, he agrees that passing the voting rights uh, preservation bill uh, in Congress is essential. But he asked, how vulnerable would the changes be uh, reversed if Republicans retake the majority in both houses? Well, Cody, can't do it before 2025, because Joe Biden uh, is going to be, Democrats going to be president until 2025. I'm sure if they took the majority in the White House, they would try to reverse it. Although when things take hold for a long period of time, uh, as we saw in a different issue with the ACA, it's harder to reverse them. So it's it's absolutely essential that that bill now called S-1, maybe they want to modify it some, but to protect those voting rights after the outrageous acts uh, actions they took in Georgia and are about to take in other states to suppress the vote, particularly among black voters, that has to be passed.
1: Yeah, it does. and I mean, it's the single most important thing that we've got to find and been, of course... Uh, you're right. In it, it, 2025, none of us know for sure how elections are going to turn out. And if they win everything, you're damn right, they would repeal it right away because it's the only way they're going to win. That the only way they can get power. And, and they're very frank about it and very blatant about it. What they're doing. And, and Trump has said, and any number of, of Republicans have said, we can't win unless we limit the franchise. Yeah. I mean, that, no, that's that's their strategy. Their strategy is no longer to convince anybody of anything. Their strategy is. To rail up, you know, 46% of the country, which are their base, and then stop some measure of the other 54 from voting. And that's their total strategy. There is no Republican strategy to convince anyone of anything. Right. Nothing.
0: Nothing. No, that's
1: right. There's no effort. There's no nothing. Else. It's all to reinforce what our own people think and to stop other people from exercising a franchise. It's a, it's amazing to see this and to see it executed so obviously. They don't even try to convince anyone. Mm. They don't even say that, you know, if people just knew our policies, if, you know, if it, we had less taxes and less regulation and we did more, well, I can't family values. They get left off the table. They can't talk about that. I, I don't know what they can say. Maybe they... they The the military, but they're attacking the military. I mean, you didn't know the woke military is the reason that that evergreen ship got stuck. According to Tucker
0: Carlson. <laughs> him, well, that on, that's interesting. You would say that because the next question is from Randy in Guadalajara, Mexico. At uh, first, I want to point out Randy has a great aside. Before we get to Tucker Carlson, he says he and I. I'm going to quote him. That peanut butter magic spoon is shockingly as good as you guys say it is. Yeah. <laughs> all,
1: all right. <laughs> yeah, Randy,
0: what it, and it's down in Guadalajara. Yeah, he got some good magic food spoon. in Guadalajara too.
1: I can tell you, he's got yeah. a, he's, he's got a
0: sophisticated palate. He wants to ask you. He said, you "Used to work." with Tucker Carlson on Crossfire. Do you still have any personal relationships with him? And do you think he has aspirations to hold political office? And, quoting Randy, is he as big a prick in person as he is on the show? <laughs>
1: All right, so I did work with him. He's actually a friend of mine. I, I don't know what in, uh, other people that know him, and everybody's the same thing. He's always been kind of quirky and right-wingy and likes to be, you know, honorary and different. He's gone to some place that I, I have no idea what he's what he's doing, um, I don't think he. I, I just but how I know him and maybe he's changed since since then. I don't think his aspiration is to to to, to run for office. I, I, you know, but he he has his own little empire now. And when you run for office, you're beholden to other people. And it just doesn't seem like to me the kind of guy did would want to go to, you know, some Republican, you know. Well, I, mean, I guess they don't have Lincoln Day dinners anymore. <laughs> you know. That's right. <laughs> he uh, got a Trump I, Day dinner, a right, Day dinner. dinner. I, 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 I could be wrong, but I, I think yeah. he's quite pleased with where he is. Well, he's making so, a lot of
0: money. He's doing well. I find him shameful. I, I yeah, knew him right, back yeah. then, not as well as you did, and I thought, yeah, he's a, he's a right wing conservative, fine. But I mean, the racism stuff has really just gotten,
1: you know, just you know, he's, horrifying. I, for whatever I, reason, I'm, he's chosen burn a lot of bridges but, yeah yeah uh, you know
0: uh, carl in saint coral c-o-r-a-l in st paul minnesota praises our guest ron brownstein boy and uh, coral are you right and he noted ron did that our constitution was created for a small agriculture country in the 1700s and now it's a creaky and struggling to deal with the realities of america 2021 uh, that's really, she. I think Carl's right. That's an intriguing way to characterize the Constitution. Uh, I think it's still a sacred document, but James, it brings up what always used to drive me crazy. The strict constructionist would say, we have to interpret it as it was written. I'm sorry, as it was written is a guide. It's a terrific guide. It may be the best guide ever written, but some of it's not applicable to 2021. Section 230 is not affected by what James Madison wrote back in in the
1: the 18th century. Well, I mean, what... Well, what I think most people like talk about is the Second Amendment. I don't think the Second Amendment was put in there, but we we could ask people know a lot more than me. But there's some doubt it was put in there. But the individual, uh, you know, was in connection with the militia and with the definition of arms. In it certainly is not equipped to deal with, you know, laser. You know, laser weapons or anything else you can have. But God, God knows, you know, not not to just mention assault weapons. So I've been. Mean, I, I think that's it. I yeah, but you know, a lot of it is still pretty. I mean, the Commerce Clause section uh, is 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 you know pretty relevant piece of legislation. The Fourteenth Amendment, which was wasn't at the creation, but it's the Fourteenth Amendment, First Amendment, one great book. First, Amendment and 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 even the, the searches and seizures. I mean, it it you 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 got to it has to evolve, but this this is still not a bad concept.
0: Oh, it's a great concept, but you're 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 absolutely right. The key is it has to evolve, and uh, you know sometimes there are those who stand in that doorway, to uh, to it evolving. James, this is a, Ted in Connecticut, right? I'm surprised by this. I don't know. He said he saw Rick Perlstein, who I think was a pretty good historian, criticize you for saying the GOP's anti-voting measures were a new thing. I don't remember you ever saying anything like that.
1: I don't either, but Rick Perlstein is such a good historian that if he said I said something, I would give great deference to what he said I said as opposed to what I remember I said. But <laughs> you didn't mean it anyway. <laughs> that, that, what, what was it that it was attributed to that Rick Well, I don't know.
0: Him? i got to go look it up more. He, said, he just said that he criticized you for saying the GOP's anti-voting measures were a new thing.
1: I, there's all kinds of stuff in that platform where they've called for the expansion of voting rights. In different things, I think I don't know if I said it, but but I have read that that that's a a fair observation. I I do distinctly remember somebody reading old GLP platforms where they talk about people voting, but I I, I certainly had never whatever it is. I I had no this is on a level like I've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Um,
0: The next again, I'm going to break our rule because it's from Peggy. And Peggy, it's a good question, but you got to tell us where you're from. Uh, yeah, some fun and part. It is. And she said, a uh, "Great guest." About three, four weeks ago, Amanda Carpenter mentioned that, that Republicans can't win without the approximately 28 percent who are white supremacists. Where did she get these figures? Are there any stats to help me back this up? <clears throat> I don't know. I can check with Amanda, but I'm sure it's 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 basically dead on. She's very careful, and it makes sense. There are a lot. I don't think all of the Trump voters were racist, even most of them. I don't think all the you know, opposition to Biden, I don't even think all of the Georgia voting laws is just strictly uh, from a bunch of racists. But there's a big chunk of that coalition that are racist, and it's one that Trump played to. And uh, I think it's very hard, hard for Republicans to put together a winning coalition without paying uh, homage to that, whatever it is, 28, 25, 30 percent that are white nationalists, basically. She also said, James, that she just finished Kathleen Ballou's book and totally believes it. She talks about how terrific it is. I love these listeners who, who then go and follow some of these great guests we've had on.
1: Yeah, that is great, and you, you know, Kathleen Belew, she's one of our favorite guests we've had on a couple of times. And what's interesting is, and you saw this more than you think on uh, January the 6th, there are a lot of women. That embracing this crazy ass stuff, right? You know, it, we right. we it, it, we even kind of have sexist views as the way we look at people because we think all oh, of them is you know some, you know fat stupid, you know guy from, wherever. But but women played a big part of this, and that was one thing that Doctor Blue was very insistent on, on pointing out, and uh, you know and that you got a scholar of of, of this talent that that is watching this it, 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 it it's really refreshing but boy this is a problem and it goes you know some of it is that that 28 percent that they can't do without this right I mean they, they, you know and the, the, the coalition is so marginal right now you know that they can't win without voter suppression and they can't win without people who delight in suppressing voters and I'll leave it at that no,
0: I think that's absolutely true. James, um, final question here. It's from Peter in Melbourne, Australia. This is why I love for people. Peggy, I hope you're listening to tell us where you're from because we have this these really, really smart people around the globe. And Peter in Melbourne, Australia, who obviously follows American politics very closely, is really interested in 2022 Senate elections and he wants to know how can we best assure that we nominate the best the candidates with the best chance to win? In a general election. It's an age old <laughs> problem, Peter, and I think he's probably talking Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and a couple yeah. other places.
1: You know, it, it, this has never been true, but I think it's going to be, it was certainly true in 2020, presidential race. I think winnability is going to be an issue. I, I, I think the last thing, if I'm running a Democratic Senate primary and I'm the campaign manager, the last thing I want to see written or talked about my candidate, is that they would be a weaker candidate in the general election. I, I think that voters and Democratic voters, I, they actually pay attention to that. So if you have, a you know, your candidate, your candidate B, and they run a poll and, a, you know, Philadelphia Inquirer or whatever says that candidate A does ahead of the generic Republican by four points and candidate B is behind by two points, that story, unlike any time in the past, will drive some voting behavior, which is a significant change in American politics, I think.
0: You know, I think you're right. And one of the things that actually may work to the Democrats' advantage, it drives, it drives voting behavior more in the Democratic Party, I think, at least for congressional elections, than it does in the Republican Party. Uh, which is good. I mean, it's good if you want Democrats to win because right. they got a couple crazies who are announcing, and they can't be dismissed.
1: Right. in if you notice, when when Senator Warren came out for Medicare for All, the voters in Iowa said, "Well, we don't, we don't, we probably fought but we think it's going to hurt you." Right. That it hurt her. Not that people were against the concept of Medicare for All. It hurt her because people thought it was a losing political issue. Yeah. Yep. And, and that really, now you get pretty intense, the Iowa caucuses, but there's a significant number of voters that'll go, you know, if I, if I agree with this person 80% of the time, another 90%, but the person I agree with 80% of the time has a 10% better chance to win. The hell, I'm going for the win. Yep. yep. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not in this business to feel good. And then Trump is so traumatized, the party of the nation, that's just the way it is.
0: These questions are terrific, I'm going to pick on Peggy again. Right again, Peggy. Tell us where you're from. But Mexico and Canada and Australia. Now we're oh, looking man. to look for some people from Europe and uh, the Middle East uh, next yeah, week. Uh, Melbourne,
1: Montreal, and Guadalajara. Three. I'll great tell things. you, huh, man? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I that's a hat a, trick. I, I haven't been to Melbourne yet. I've been to Sydney. I want to go. kids people in Melbourne are very insistent, and you know they're much more Australian than Sydney. <laughs> I don't know
0: nice <laughs> yeah. okay james uh for the outrage there's so many to do this week uh i want to start off by saying the the biden foreign policy team has done a pretty good job i think a very good job in balancing human rights with economic policy and security in their foreign policy an exception was when following the u.s intelligence conclusion that the saudi arabian crown prince Uh, directed the assassination of Washington Post columnist Jamal uh, Khashoggi. Uh, We should have uh, taken sanctions against him, should have banned him from coming to the United States. We didn't. I think that's unfortunate. Critics point to, yeah, well, China has a lousy record in human rights. That's true. It's awful. The Uyghurs, Hong Kong, it's dreadful. I don't know of any cases where China has lured uh, an American into a trap and then the head of state directed assassins to come and kill him and dismember him. In any event, what I really am outraged about, though, is there are companies now like PepsiCo and Boston Scientific and Deloitte that are going to move their regional headquarters to Riyadh. I think to give MBS a pass is outrageous, whether it's a government or private enterprise. This guy can't get by with this.
1: Well, you're right, but he will. <laughs> I'm afraid. That's <laughs> just, uh, just the way it ought. You know, anybody's ever lived in Washington. You lived there most of your adult life, and I lived there for probably 20 years. Uh, Sunday I, I flew in and I was sitting on a window on the port side of the aircraft and I landed from the north and the cherry blossoms were in full bloom. And I just forgot how pretty they, they're only I don't know, like 10 or 4, depends on when it rains, but it's just this kind of pink cotton looking thing that's just dramatic. The uh, uh, original cherry blossoms were given us, came from Japan in Kyoto. The cherry blossoms in Kyoto this year Bloomed earlier than any year since fourteen o nine on march twenty sixth if if somebody is not screaming at us to address this climate issue in in in, in a meaningful way the cherry blossoms are, are are just screaming at the top of their voices the earliest bloom since fourteen o nine and we're going to be seeing this stuff again and again around the world so i Just something that is that pretty, that that glorious thing in nature that I, I, again, I just just forgot, I was just transfixed, I I couldn't believe how how really pretty they were. But the cherry blossoms speak to us, and they spoke to us in Kyoto, Japan this year.
0: Boy, that's a really, really telling uh, outrage. Uh, And uh, on your your first point, flying into Washington uh, at night or during the day, if it's a clear day, is one of the most beautiful sights of any place in the world. I mean it's the cherry blossoms, when they're in bloom, it's the best of all. But just seeing the Capitol, the Washington Monument, the White House, it really is a, it's a it's it's a it's a stunning city for all of its political problems.
1: Yeah. Always sit on the port side get the window seat on the port side when traveling to DCA. Now if the wind is out of the north, it's not gonna do you any good. But if it's out if the wind is out of the south, you're gonna you're gonna get a, a view like like none other. I mean, it's it's a major world capital, and boy, when you see it from the air, you you can see it's a major world capital.
0: Except James, having flown with me, you know, I never I never <laughs> sit by you the window. Nervous. I never sit by the window, <laughs> and it's a real it, it's a it's a real real hard task for me to look at, But I do sometimes.
1: <laughs> it's a long way down there, man. <laughs>
0: Hey, thanks for listening to Politics War Room with James Carville and I'm Al Hunt. Don't forget to send your questions for us by email to politicswarroom at gmail.com or tweet them for next week's show at politicon. Follow this episode. We would really appreciate it if you could check out the links to our recent sponsors in the show notes each week. We deeply thank you for supporting them. When you do, it helps make this podcast possible. To keep up with us, subscribe to Politics War Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Please rate the show with a five-star review. We'll be back with another show as we continue our war room planning.